Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, let's say a word of prayer so that the Lord will be with us during this podcast. So with that, bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for a beautiful day that you've given us of life and health. Lord, we never know what might happen. So we ask that you continue to help us to become more like you. Help us to give our hearts and our lives over to you so that we are ready no matter what may happen. And Lord, we thank you for all of your many blessings that you've given to us. Help us to reach everyone that we come into contact with. Help us to be a good witness for you and help us to become more and more like you and give up every evil and wicked thing in this world. Thank you so much for hearing and answering our prayer. And we ask all these things in your merciful, wonderful, holy son's name. Amen. Okay, so today I want to talk about angels. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always had a fascination with angels. And I wanted to learn everything I could about what went on behind the scenes in heaven and with us down here and and how it all worked to really understand what was going on behind the scenes. It always fascinated me, the history before the world even began, before the creation of Earth. And I think it's also really important for people to understand because there's so many delusions nowadays. People think that ghosts and UFOs and all of these other things are real, but the truth of the matter is that it's just the evil angels betraying and deluding and deceiving people to believe in error. They want them to believe in everything else except for what actually is going on. Evil angels are present in trying to make people believe the false because if they believe what actually is happening, then they would want to be on the side of God and his angels for their protection. And he doesn't want that. He wants as many people to believe in the deceptions of what's happening around the world so that they're not aware of what's to come. So with that being said, I'm going to read from one of my favorite books that Ellen White wrote, The Truth About Angels. And I'm going to read chapters one and talk about it. And that book is amazing. I really encourage you to read that whole thing It is such an encouragement and it really goes into the history of behind the scenes and what angels are doing for us today and what they are going to do for us in the future. And it was so encouraging to me. I love that book. I love to reread that book. It's really great. Also, if you read about them in the story of redemption, the first few chapters talks about behind the scenes of the angels as well, as well as the Conflict of the Ages series talks about angels too. I mean, I think in almost all of her books, she mentions angels at one point in time or another, whether it's in passing or whether it's actually revealing about them. But this book specifically is going into what the angels' jobs are and what went on through history with them and their work specifically in helping us and guarding us. And it's just really amazing to know that the Lord loves us so much and wants us to be with him so much that he's given us every advantage and every help necessary in order to be able to guard against the evil angels. Good angels, the heavenly angels, angels. They want to help us. They want us to be saved. They want us to be in heaven and they want us to love the Lord as much as they love the Lord. 
they want us to know the truth and they're willing and able to help us. So here it starts off, chapter one. The connection of the visible with the invisible world, the ministration of angels of God and the agency of evil spirits are plainly revealed in the scriptures and inseparably interwoven with human history. Before the creation of man, angels were in existence. For when the foundations of the earth were laid, the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Job 38.7 Angels are in nature superior to men. For the psalmist says that man was made a little lower than the angels. Psalms 8.5 And we are informed in scripture as to the number and the power and glory of the heavenly beings, of their connection with the government of God, and also of their relation to the work of redemption. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. And says the prophet, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. In the presence chamber of the king of kings they wait, angels that excel in strength, ministers of his that do his pleasure, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Psalms 103, 19-21, Revelation 5, 11. This is really interesting right here, these first few paragraphs. Angels were there before the creation of earth. They saw everything going down because that's when the war of heaven took place was before earth was even created. Other worlds were created as well. We're not the only ones out there, but we're the only ones that fell into sin and listened to the devil and his lies. And there's so many angels, but there's too many to even count. And it says in the next paragraph, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands were the heavenly messengers beheld by the prophet Daniel. The apostle Paul declared them an innumerable company. And Daniel 7.10 and Hebrews 12.22 are those verses where you can see it. As God's messengers, they go forth like the appearance of a flash of lightning, Ezekiel 1.14. So dazzling their glory and so swift their flight. The angel that appeared at the Savior's tomb, his countenance like lightning and his raiment white as snow, caused the keepers for fear of him to quake and they became as dead men. Matthew 28, 3 and 4. When Shenechrib, the haughty Assyrian, reproached and blasphemed God and threatened Israel with destruction, it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians an hundred fourscore and five thousand. There were cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and captains from the army of Shenechrib. So he returned with shame of face to his own land, 2 Kings 19.35 and 2 Chronicles 32.21. See, the Lord doesn't necessarily need us to win his battles for him, but he wants to use us for his battles. One angel went out and smote a hundred and four score and five thousand. That's a lot of people that were dead in one night. And one angel can do that. They are very powerful. The Lord has given them tremendous abilities. And they travel in a blink of the eye from one location to another so fast. Faster than anything we know on this planet. Faster than light. 
that travels billions of light years fast. And that's what's amazing. That's how they're able to be here for us when we need it and never miss anything. Angels are sent on missions of mercy to the children of God, to Abraham with promises of blessings, to the gates of Sodom to rescue righteous Lot from its fiery doom, to Elijah as he was about to perish from weariness and hunger in the desert, to Elisha with chariots and horses of fire surrounding the little town where he was shut in by his foes, to Daniel while seeking divine wisdom in the court of a heathen king, or abandoned to become the lion's prey, to Peter doomed to death in Herod's dungeon, to the prisoners of Philippi, to Paul and his companions in the night of tempest on the sea, to open the mind of Cornelius to receive the gospel, to dispatch Peter with the message of salvation to the Gentile stranger. Thus, holy angels have in all ages ministered to God's people. Thus, God's people, exposed to the deceptive power and unsleeping malice of the prince of darkness and in conflict with all the forces of evil, are assured of the unceasing guardianship of heavenly angels. Nor is such assurance given without need. If God has granted to his children promise of grace and protection, it is because there are mighty agencies of evil to be met, agencies numerous, determined, and untiring, of whose malignity and power none can safely be ignorant or unheeding. Those couple of quotes are very interesting as well. We need to not only know of the good angels, but of the bad angels, and know what they're capable of doing. We need to be aware of both powers. It's nothing to mess around with. These evil angels are there to destroy us, to keep us out of heaven, and they'll do anything to keep us out of heaven. That is why we must have the protection of God and his heavenly angels because they are more powerful than the evil spirits, which she talks about next. Evil spirits in the beginning were created sinless, were created in nature, power, and glory with the holy beings that are now God's messengers. But fallen through sin, they are leagued together for the dishonor of God and the destruction of men. United with Satan in his rebellion and with him cast out from heaven, they have, through all succeeding ages, cooperated with him in his warfare against the divine authority. We are told in scripture of their confederacy and government, of their various orders, of their intelligence and subtlety, and of their malicious designs against the peace and happiness of men. None are in greater danger from the influence of evil spirits than those who, notwithstanding the direct and ample testimony of the scriptures, deny the existence and agency of the devil and his angels. So long as we are ignorant of their wiles, they have almost inconceivable advantage. Many give heed to their suggestions while they suppose themselves to be following the dictates of their own wisdom. This is why, as we approach the close of time, when Satan is to work with greatest power to deceive and destroy, he spreads everywhere the belief that he does not exist. It is his policy to conceal himself and his manner of working. It is because he has masked himself with consummate skill that the question is so widely asked. Does such a being really exist? It is an evidence of his success that 
theories giving the lie to the plainest testimony of the scriptures are so generally received in the religious world. And it is because Satan can most readily control the minds of those who are unconscious of his influence that the word of God gives us so many examples of his malignant work, unveiling before us his secret forces and thus placing us on our guard against his assaults. These are very important quotes to know about. So many people in the world think it's their own wisdom that dictates what they believe, but they don't realize it's because of Satan deceiving them into their false theologies, whether it be atheism or evolutionism or whatever the case may be, spiritualism. This is a very interesting quote. I mean, that he wants people to believe that there are no no spirits. There, There is no Satan. There is no God. It suits him just fine that nobody believes in him. It works to his advantage. This is why during the close of probation, we need to be on our guard. This is the time to know and to tell other people about it as well. She continues, the power and malice of Satan and his host might justly alarm us were it not that we may find shelter and deliverance in the superior power of our Redeemer. We carefully secure our houses with bolts and locks to protect our property and our lives from evil men, but we seldom think of the evil angels who are constantly seeking access to us and against whose attacks we have, in our own strength, no method of defense. If permitted, they can distract our minds, disorder and torment our bodies, destroy our possessions and our lives. Their only delight is in misery and destruction. Fearful is the condition of those who resist the divine claims and yield to Satan's temptations, until God gives them up to the control of evil spirits. But those who follow Christ are ever safe under his watch care. Angels that excel in strength are sent from heaven to protect them. The wicked one cannot break through the guard which God has stationed about his people. Here again we're told that if we are not protected by Christ, that we are going to be under the subject of evil angels. And these evil angels have the ability to destroy and torment our bodies and our lives and bring misery and destruction. That does not sound very pleasant to me. I mean, I don't want those things to happen to me, obviously, but bad things do happen to good people as well. And sometimes we wonder why God allows certain things to happen in our lives. It's not because he doesn't love us any less. No, it's because we have to face trials and tribulations and come out victorious. We need to work together with him. We may not always understand why certain bad things happen in our life, but we can never question that God is not with us. If we believe in him, God will be with us. Joseph had so many bad things happen to him in his life. Never once did he complain or utter or say it was God's fault and that all of these bad things happened. No, he still loved God. He knew God had a plan for his life and that whatever may happen, God never abandoned him. Daniel was taken from his home and everything he ever knew. But again, God had a special purpose and plan for him. There are many examples in the Bible of this where 
certain things happen that would bring anybody to question. It continues on and says that a guardian angel is appointed to every follower of Christ. These heavenly watchers shield the righteous from the power of the wicked one. This Satan himself recognizes when he said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Job 1, 9 and 10. The agency by which God protects his people is presented in the words of the psalmist. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Psalms 34, 7. Said the Savior, speaking of those that believe in him, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father. Matthew 18.10 The angels appointed to minister to the children of God have at all times access to his presence. At all times we have access to these angels. Only when we are doing evil, that is when heavenly angels cannot be around us because they can't abide the evilness. We know not what result a day, an hour, or a moment may determine. And never should we begin the day without committing our ways to our Heavenly Father. His angels are appointed to watch over us. And if we put ourselves under their guardianship, then in every time of danger, they will be at our right hand. When unconsciously we are in danger of exerting a wrong influence, the angels will be by our side, prompting us to a better course, choosing our words for us, and influencing our actions. Angels of God are all around us. Oh, we want to know these things, and fear and tremble, and to think much more of the power of the angels of God that are watching over and guarding us than we have done hitherto. Angels of God are commissioned from heaven to guard the children of men, and yet they draw away from their restraining influences and go where they can have communication with the evil angels. Oh, that we might all obey the injunction of the apostle. And you can read that in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17 and 18. Angels are sent to minister to the children of God who are physically blind. Angels guard their steps and save them from a thousand dangers which unknown to them beset their path. I was today to ride upon Christ walking on the sea and stilling the tempest. Oh, how this scene was impressed upon my mind. The majesty of God and his works occupied my thoughts. He holds the wind in his hands. He controls the waters. Finite beings, mere specks upon the broad, deep waters of the Pacific. Were we in the sight of God, yet angels of heaven were sent from his excellent glory to guard that little sailboat that was careening over the waters. Those quotes are amazing. Angels are sent to guard us, those who follow the Lord. And yet we turn away from them time and time again because we would rather do some sort of thing that isn't right. Whether it's something we think is so simple, yet we know it's wrong. Does that mean that 
God is extreme and requiring way too much of us. No, we are to strive for the mastery over all things, whether it be big or small. God does not ask us more than we are capable of doing. He knows he will give us the strength to do anything he requires of us. It is up to us to do it. We, with Christ, can do everything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4 says this to us. And we know time and time again that we cannot do this alone. Whatever God requires of us, whether big or small, we need to follow what he tells us because he knows what's best for us. He would not ask us to do one thing that would not be for our betterment. There are no rules that are too much to follow. Heaven is worth everything. Heaven is worth giving up everything for, sacrificing everything for. Yet a lot of us are not willing to do it. We are not willing to give up the things that we love. And yes, it's not easy to give up those things that we love. We will never be able to do it alone. We must have that help. And it says in CM, read pages 111 through 119 on your own, but here's a few of quotes from that book that I want to read. It's very fascinating. We need to understand better than we do the mission of the angels. It would be well to remember that every true child of God has the cooperation of heavenly beings. Invisible armies of light and power attend the meek and lowly ones who believe and claim the promises of God. Cherubim and seraphim and angels that excel in strength stand at God's right hand. All ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. In working for perishing souls, you have the companionship of angels, thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand angels are waiting to cooperate with members of our churches in communicating the light that God has generously given, that a people may be prepared for the coming of Christ. And those who labor for the good of others are working in union with the heavenly angels. They have their constant companionship, their unceasing ministry. Angels of light and power are ever near to protect, to comfort, to heal, to instruct, to inspire. The highest education, the truest culture, and the most exalted service possible to human beings in this world are theirs. Nothing is apparently more helpless, yet really more invincible, than the soul that feels its nothingness and relies wholly on the merits of the Savior. God would send every angel in heaven to the aid of such a one, rather than allow him to be overcome. Wow. Just wow. See, the Lord will send every angel in heaven to aid us and allow us to overcome if necessary. If we give our whole beings to the Savior and follow him, it's not a half and half sort of thing. We can't sit on the fence. We must study and pray and see what the Lord wants and requires from us. Much responsibility rests upon the canvasser. He should go to his work prepared to explain the scriptures. If he puts his trust in the Lord as he travels from place to place, angels of God will be round about him, giving him words to speak that will bring light and hope and courage to many souls. So when you're going out there and giving the messages to people that you come across and handing great controversies or Bible verses or quotes, angels are going to be with you when you're out there witnessing. 
No matter where you are, God will impress those whose hearts are open to truth and who are longing for guidance. He will say to his human agent, speak to this one or to that one of the love of Jesus. No sooner is the name of Jesus mentioned in love and tenderness than angels of God draw near to soften and subdue the heart. Every canvasser has positive and constant need of the angelic ministration, for he has important work to do, a work that he cannot do in his own strength. Those who are born again, who are willing to be guided by the Holy Spirit, doing in Christ's way that which they can do, those who will work as if they could see the heavenly universe watching them will be accompanied and instructed by holy angels who will go before them to the dwellings of the people, preparing the way for them. Such help is far above all the advantages which expensive embellishments are supposed to give. So angels can do way more for us than any fancy sort of thing that we might do or imagine to do. There are people who spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on fancy gatherings, but sometimes it only takes a simple giving of a book to somebody and that's all the angel needs to work with. The simple stuff can work far more. And when men realize the times in which we are living, they will work as in the side of heaven. The canvasser will handle those books that bring light and strength to the soul. He will drink in the spirit of those books and will put his whole soul into the work of presenting them to the people. His strength, his courage, his success will depend on how fully the truth presented in the books is woven into his own experience and developed in his character. When his own life is thus molded, he can go forward representing to others the sacred truth he is handling. Imbued with the Spirit of God, he will gain a deep, rich experience and heavenly angels will give him success in the work. Jesus and holy angels will give success to the efforts of intelligence. God-fearing men who do all in their power to save souls, quietly, modestly, with a heart overflowing with love, let them seek to win minds to investigate the truth, engaging in Bible readings when they can. By so doing, they will be sowing the seed of truth beside all waters, showing forth the praises of him who hath called them out of darkness into his marvelous light. Those who are doing this work from right motives are doing an important work of ministering. They will manifest no feeble, undecided character. Their minds are enlarging. Their manners are becoming more refined. They should place no bounds to their improvement, but every day be better fitted to do good work. This is what we need to do day by day. There is no bounds to our improvement, and every day we are better to be fitted for the work given to us to lead others to Christ. So that means there's nothing that the Lord asks of us to do. There's no bounds to our improvement. So when we discover something that isn't right or isn't good for us, we need to give it up. And I know I have things that I need to work on in my own life. I am by no means perfect. And I pray that the Lord continues to lead and guide and direct me because I struggle as well. We all struggle with things that we need to improve upon. There's things in everybody's life that they have to work on, but we can through Christ and angels helping us. We have all of the tools we need to help us to get our characters 
to be where there is no feebleness and our characters are decided firmly. Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Those who accept the one principle of making the service of God supreme will find their perplexities vanish and a plain path before their feet. We are to be sincere, earnest Christians, doing faithfully the duties placed in our hands and looking ever to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Our reward is not dependent upon our seeming success, but upon the spirit in which our work is done. As canvassers or evangelists, you may not have had the success you prayed for, but remember that you do not know and cannot measure the result of faithful effort. So we don't know until heaven of our efforts and what is the result of them. And then people will come up to you and be like, it was because of you that I am here today. And that will be so amazing to hear that. Not because of what we did, but because we were able to share that love of Jesus to them. And they understood and they fell in love with the Savior as well. And that is reward enough. When there is a continual reliance upon God, a continual practice of self-denial, the workers will not sink into discouragement. They will not worry. They will remember that in every place there are souls of whom the Lord has need and whom the devil is seeking, that he may bind them fast in the slavery of sin, of disregard for the law of God. The canvasser need not be discouraged if he is called to encounter difficulties in his work. Let him work in faith, and victory will be given. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Whenever a book is presented that will expose error, Satan is close by the side of the one to whom it is offered and urges reasons why it should not be accepted. But a divine agency is at work to influence minds in favor of the light. Ministering angels will oppose their power to that of Satan. And when through the influence of the Holy Spirit, the truth is received into the mind and heart, it will have a transforming power upon the character. These are very powerful words. And she continues on in those pages that I gave you. Read it for yourself. Study this out for yourself. Get the truth about angels and study it out. She has so much more to say about how the angels are involved in our family life, about how they help us to overcome and to be there for us, how they're able to help us to make the right choices. It says in the truth about angels that if you will try to suppress every evil thought through the day, then the angels of God will come and dwell with you. These angels are beings that excel in strength. You remember how the angel came to the sepulcher, and the Roman soldiers fell like dead men before the glory of his countenance. And if one angel could work with such power, how would it have been if all the angels that are with us here had been present? The angels are with us every day to guard and protect us from the assaults of the enemy. These are why these examples and stories are given to us, to bring encouragement to us, to know that we are not alone in the warfare against the wrong. And could the curtain be rolled back? You would see heavenly angels fighting with you, for you. And this they must do. It is their work to guard us, to guard every spirit. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? There are so many angels in heaven. Like we said, 10,000 times 10,000 
and thousands upon thousands of angels are in heaven waiting and capable to help us. Think about what they can do. And if you are not right with God, these angels also can bring fear to your heart. And that's what happened with some of the armies back in the Bible day. They turned on each other and started killing each other. And angels are for us or against us. They aid us and can help us if we are doing right. But the fear of the Lord is strong as well. Angels also strengthen our faith. God commissions his angel to save his chosen ones from calamity, to guard them from the pestilence that walketh in the darkness and the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Psalms 91.6. Again and again, angels talked with men as a man speaketh with a friend and led them to places of security. And again and again have the encouraging words of angels renewed the drooping spirits of the faithful and carry their minds above the things of the earth, cause them to behold by faith the white robes, the crowns, the palm branches of victory, which overcomers will receive when they surround the great white throne. Amongst these that stand by, the hosts of the enemy who are trying to bring God's people into disrepute, and hosts of heaven who watch over and guard the tempted people of God, uplifting and strengthening them. These are they who stand by. And God says to his believing ones, you shall walk among them. You shall not be overcome by the powers of darkness. You shall stand before me in the sight of the holy angels who are sent forth to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. These are very encouraging words. We are told these words for a reason of what is going on behind the scenes. There is a lot, and if the veil could be torn from our eyes, oh, the sights we would see, we would be far less ready to do evil if we could see the veil of the darkness and the fight that is going on for our souls. But with our mind, we can see this and we can know the fight for our souls is real. And the question today to ask yourselves, are you going to do whatever it takes to be among that number in heaven? Are you willing to sacrifice whatever it might be so that you can be in heaven? And not because you're afraid to die, but because you love Jesus and you want to be with him through eternity. That is the whole purpose of being in heaven. It's because you love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And you want to be with him forever. You want to sit by his feet and hear the stories, firsthand experience. You want to see for yourself all of the people that have gone before us who have fought the good fight of faith. And you get to see all the sacrifices that you have made was worth it because there is a better land waiting for you. And I want to be part of that heavenly land. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that if I am joined with Jesus and with his help, I can overcome. And that is what I want to do because heaven is very near. Jesus is coming very soon. We must get ready. This one is a little longer because it is an important subject. And there is so much more I could say on the matter, but you get the idea. And I'm sure I'll be bringing up about angels again in the future, depending on the topic of conversation. But it is important to know that there is a veil on the other side, that there are both good and bad. And we need to know this message, we're told. And there is a hymn that is really amazing, that I really love. It's called, Holy, Holy is what the angels sing. And it goes like this. 
There is singing up in heaven such as we have never known, where the angels sing the praises of the Lamb upon the throne. Their sweet harps are ever tuneful, and their voices are always clear. Oh, that we might be more like them while we serve the Master here. Holy, holy is what the angels sing, and I expect to help them make the chords of heaven ring. But when I sing redemption's story, they will fold their wings, for angels never felt the joy that our salvation brings. But I hear another anthem, blending voices clear and strong. Unto him who hath redeemed us, and hath brought us, is the song. We have come through tribulations to this land so fair and bright. In the fountain freely flowing, he hath made our garments white. Holy, holy is what the angels sing and i expect to help them make the chords of heaven ring but when i sing redemption's story they will fold their wings for angels never felt the joys that our salvation brings then the angels stand and listen, for they cannot join that song. Like the sound of many waters by that happy blood-washed throng. For they sing about great trials, battles fought, and victories won. And they praise the great Redeemer, who hath said to them, Well done. Holy, holy what the angels sing and i expect to help them make the chords of heaven ring but when i sing redemption's story they will fold their wings for angels never felt the joys that our salvation brings so although i'm not an angel yet i know that over there i will join a blessed chorus that the angels cannot share i will sing about my savior who upon our cavalry freely pardoned my transgressions and died to set the sinner free holy the angels sing and i expect to help them make the chords of heaven ring but when i sing redemption's story they will fold their wings for angels never felt the joys that our salvation brings and i want to feel that joy that salvation brings don't you so Remember what it says in Matthew 5:16, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." With that being said, let your light so shine that you are a star witness for the Lord.